So last week we did start. Yeah. We started our new series um, and kicked it off with a bang. Um, and we really were talking about how we all have certain paradigm shifts or current existing paradigms to begin with where we see the world in a certain way uh, with our upbringings, our experiences, how we were brought up, whatever it may be, whatever teachings we've been given up to this point, uh, that has shifted to, to form our paradigms. And then we, we operate from that place where that is how we see the world and that is therefore how we live out our lives based on our current understandings. And so um, we just began <clears throat> to talk about how uh, when we approach the Bible, it's the same way. We have a current existing paradigm where we see it the way that we see it and have seen it. And we began to unpack that there's kind of a, 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 an approach to this thing that we want to make sure we are aligning with the original paradigm of how it was written originally. There's a big difference, and we tried to point some of those things out, that um, <clears throat> through those differences, you know, this was written in an ancient Eastern world. We live in this Western culture, this Western civilization where uh, we like to try to make things as black and white and simplistic as we can. And we talked about how we do that in so many different ways in our life where we try to break it down to black and white. And honestly, it's, it's led to a lot of division, you know, in our world, in our country, because we want to see it so black and white. But there are nuances that we need to consider. And it's the same way with Scripture. If we just go to Scripture as a reference book, as a theological dictionary, a moral handbook, rule book, and we're just going and grabbing scriptures out, <clears throat> not considering context. We talked about the dangers of that we can fall into, the slippery slopes that we can go down to where we're pulling things out of context, applying them in ways that they were never intended to be, and we're also missing the true meaning of what that was saying. And so um, that was really where we started. Yeah. And we also said, now listen, be patient with this. Be patient with this. Don't jump ahead. Stay open-minded. Stay humble. Because we're trying to come at this thing humbly ourselves, right? And we're talking about God's word. We know that there is, is reverence. We know, I mean, that is all still the case. We're not trying to break down any of that. It, we do still go to the Bible for guidance. Absolutely. You know, but it's just how we go to it where we don't want to miss and we don't want to misapply different things that we pull from it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. um, so hopefully, that does that cover our recap well yeah, enough? Yeah. So last week, we kind of really dug into how not to read the Bible, right? <clears throat> That's how we started things out. So this week, we're going to be getting into how to read the Bible, and we're going to try to start building out an infrastructure of the paradigm that, that we believe is originally intended by the writers and the authors. And so um, we're going to break this down piece by piece as we go throughout the next six or seven weeks. And so um, our first element today 
we're going to be digging into, and this is the first thing that's going to frame this up for us, is that the, the Bible is both human and divine. All right? The Bible is both human and divine. So um, let's kind of state this as fully as we can. So the conviction here is that the Bible is this collection of books, really collection of scrolls, that, that brings to us a genuine word from God. It brings a genuine divine revelation, which comes about through the writings, the experiences, and the history of human beings. So both of those things can be, and we believe are true at the same time. So the divinity doesn't take away from the humanity and vice versa. They're working in tandem, and so that's what we're going to try to unpack today. Yeah, and so, you know, um, as we enter into that, you know, uh, I think that um, there are times where I certainly have the thought of the human side of it, um, you know, kind of would... I'd have to wrestle with that a little bit. And so um, could you, as we were kind of looking through this and studying on this, uh, just kind of explain like this is, while this may be something that we've experienced once again in our paradigm, in our world, um, that's not always been the case. And in fact, most, most of the time, you know, throughout church, uh, it has clearly been human and divine. Yeah, so this is not like a controversial stance, right? This is something that the church has upheld uh, from its origins, that it is both human and divine. But we do see, I think, an interesting shift in the history of the church where really in the, in the last few centuries, we've uh, began to put more and more of an emphasis, really more and more of a weight on the divinity side. So it's kind of been like, yeah, the Bible is human and divine, but like, wink, wink, it's divine, right? And so we've, we have slowly but surely kind of stripped the humanity out of it. And this goes back to some really clear history. I, I always like to figure out, like, why do we think the way that we think? Because it, it doesn't just happen, right? Things have kind of shaped and, and formed in a certain way. So back in the 15, uh, 1600s, during the Reformation, there was a huge shift that was happening in the Christian realm. Yeah. I mean, some giant shifts that we uh, very much feel and experience today. Um, some real things that were happening and some amazing spiritual leaders, scholars, theologians that you and I would revere very heavily. At the same time, though, in the modern secular world, there was a shift happening into rationalism. Yeah. So you had these, these biblical scholars and theologians who held on to these ancient texts, ancient narrative, ancient poems, ancient letters that were clearly really complex and, and nuanced. And then you had this rational world and there was like a collision course that was happening, right? So we, we like to, to think very rational, very straightforward, and that is not the way that the Bible is written, nor is it to be read in that form. So what happened is spiritual leaders at the time um, they responded by putting a heavier weight on the divinity of Scripture. In other words, like, um, well, you know, we, we can't really argue about these things. Even if you don't understand it, this is God's word. It is divine. And um, the intentions were obviously good yeah. and, and positive. And I think if you're going to try to lean in one direction more than the other, I, I understand that. But there has been a domino effect that has happened over hundreds of years to get us to where we are today 
to have a paradigm that I think most of us um, put more of a weight on the divinity as opposed to the humanity. Yeah, I, that certainly holds true for me and, and you know, a lot of my understanding. Um, that's been the perspective that I've had. And that's why I said earlier, thinking of the humanity side started to kind of make me feel a little uneasy, you know, like it's a little uh, uneasy just because humans are humans. And, you know, I felt that, 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 well, that just made, I know they're flawed. So it kind of made me feel uneasy. Yeah. Uh, But I think about, you know, as you were just talking, I think about, uh, we we mentioned Jesus parables, I think last week. And you guys, you know, Jesus spoke in parables a lot of times and um, they were really clear, right? (laughs) <laughs> just like super black and white. Uh, no, you know, uh, his, the ones that were following him, living with him every single day, a lot of times afterwards, like, hey, can you like tell us what, what was that about? Yeah. What, what was that? Um, and, and so that's kind of an example that jumped to mind when that happens. Another thing that came to mind when you were explaining that is I think we also do this as human beings. And I've certainly once again done this whether it's with my kids or, or myself. Um, but the way I see it is when you're talking about um, the divinity and leaning on that side and kind of leaning too heavily on that side, uh, what, what I thought of is I think a lot of times we try to protect things in our life. And so if the line is here that I don't wanna, I don't wanna mess with this, I walk it back way back here so that I, I don't even come close to that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we actually saw Adam do this to Eve from the very beginning. God tells him, tells him, don't eat of the tree. And he goes and he tells Eve, don't even touch it, right? He walked it back to where it's like, don't even touch it. Therefore, if you don't touch it, you're not gonna eat it, right? But the problem is, and I've, I've experienced this in my life, is that, when I walk it back too far, it becomes more about where I set the line than where he set the line. Mm-hmm. And then I start living my life or expecting others to live their life off of a line that I set mm-hmm. and not that he set. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I see some of the dangers that can come into play yeah. when we lean too heavily while it was, I believe, well-intended from the beginning mm-hmm to try to protect his word because it's his, it's God's word. Yeah. Uh, But the the dangers that have come with that, can you explain a little bit on that? Yeah, well, I think there were definitely some unintended consequences that that came from that and we've seen uh, over the course of time, even now. Uh, We talked a little bit last week and maybe you can talk to more of your personal experience, but uh, uh, this can kind of push people into a paradigm of this manuscript dropped down from heaven where God is writing to me. And so I begin to read the Bible as if it's to me. And, and very quickly, it becomes confusing uh, and uncomfortable, and it doesn't make any sense to me, and it doesn't take long before I'm done with that, right? So I, I, I've seen a lot of people go through that. Um, I think one of the big things we've seen recently in, in modern history is we put so much of a weight on the divinity that we don't care about the human context We don't care about the human audience, the human history, the human experience of it. And if you disregard all of those things, let me be really clear, you will not understand scripture. 
It's, it's not going to happen. And so when we strip all those things away, yeah. suddenly we're left with these simplified versions of these really deep things that we're supposed to be digging into. And in comes confusion, misunderstanding, and a lot of crises of faith. Like I, maybe all of us could speak to people that we've met. I, I certainly have a lot of friends who grew up in Christian homes and in you know, the Christian realm. They got into their late teens, early 20s, and they had been told all their life, this is the word of God, right? This is fully divine. And then they started studying history and Western civilization, and they started to see the human history of scripture and, and, and the text variances and the manuscript discrepancies, and they started to get really unsettled with that. Yeah. And, and before you know it, they're done with the whole thing. They're like, I don't want any part of this. This is clearly not what it was sold to be. And that's just an, a very unnecessary conclusion to come to if you have the right paradigm of what it is. Yeah, and you know, I, again, thinking of it so heavily on the divine side, and in, in some cases, wholly yeah. on the divine side, um, I began to take every single word, and we talked about this last week, so I don't wanna drill into it too much, but every single word as something that I, I must apply to myself but the confusion, like you're talking about, comes into play when I start reading something that was written to a specific people that doesn't make a lick of sense to me. But, but when I was trying to apply it to me, you know, Paul's talking to the Corinthians. He's saying things in that that I'm like, hang on, that just doesn't, that doesn't feel, I don't, I don't know that I can get on board with that. There's, there's specific things that, that feel, I don't, I'm, I'm assuming you guys can relate with me on this. You read something in the Bible and you're like, man, that just doesn't even feel right. Um, I don't want to drill too much into a specific example, but, but like um, when we're telling people that they can't do specific things that was intended for that specific audience that was not intended for me or for me to apply to y'all, then that's where it gets dangerous. And um, we're telling people uh, that this is how you need to be. This is what church is to be. This is what that order needs to look like. And again, I'm not saying we throw it all aside. There are 100% things, wisdom, principles that we, we are to pull from it. But sometimes if we take it too black and white again, then we can get ourselves in some trouble where we're, we're telling people that they can and can't do things that was never intended for, for them. Yeah. Was that too muddy? Yeah, no. <laughs> clear, clear as mud, yeah. Uh, no, I, I definitely understand what you're talking about, and um, I think it's something we just need to be aware of. Listen, if, if the, hear our hearts. If the Bible says th that you should do something or you should not do something, we very much take that to heart, and we need to do something with that. But, but I think what we need to do with that is understand the original context, who the writer was, who they were writing to, and how that then applies to us, right? And a lot of times we, we mix that up and it causes a lot of confusion. Yeah. So um, here's the question. How can something be human and divine? Right. Right? Like, like how is that even something that makes any sort of, of sense? And so I think we need to unpack that a little bit. Yeah. So... Um one of my struggles was how does that coincide? How does that work together? How can this be true and that be true? 
Um, and that's where we get into nuance. And that's, yeah. that's what we struggle with, I think, as, as human beings a lot of times. So how does divine and humanity work together. together at the same time? Yeah. So here's what we have to do. We have to take things like this and hold the proper tensions in place. Um, it's not one or the other. It's always nuanced. It's complex. And we do a really bad job when it comes to that is the truth. We want it one way or the other. Just tell me the answer. But there's, there's complexity. We have to hold the tensions in place. And the truth is when it comes to this combination of divinity, humanity, one of the examples that we can clearly go to is the person of Jesus. We, we see this very clearly throughout the gospel accounts and and beyond. Jesus was God in the flesh. Yes. The, the word became flesh and he dwelt among us. Jesus says, before Abraham was, I am. If you've seen me, you've seen the father. And they knew exactly what that meant because they wanted to stone him for blasphemy. So he was God in the flesh, but he was also very much a human being. Yeah. Um, we even see the, the gospel writers did not take that away from him. They even talk about how he grew in stature and in wisdom. And when you read that, you're like, how is that true of God in the flesh? But it is. See, they're holding tensions in place. These things can be true at the same time. And through the course of, of Christian history, we've been able to do that with the person of Jesus. And so it's not an exact analogy to scripture, but it's very, very close. And so that, that's maybe somewhere where we can start. Yeah, so, um, you know, I think if we point to Scripture, you know, you, you just kind of explain Jesus, which is in itself, you know, something we've wrestled with, I think, throughout faith. Um, let's dive into the Scripture side. So, like, how do we hold those tensions in place? Where do we see this, how Scripture and humanity come into play? Well, let me back up just a yeah. little bit. Um, again, I, I like to get into the historical aspect of things. Like, why do we think the way that we do? How have we gotten here? One of the big reasons <clears throat> that we have gotten to this place where we struggle to hold the divinity and the humanity together is a, a perspective called dualism. Uh, dualism was uh, prevalent even all the way back into the early centuries, the, the time of Jesus. There was a, a sect uh, called the Gnostics. Paul had some things to say to them even throughout the epistles. But dualism is a, a perspective that says um, the, the physical world, the things that you can feel and touch and explain, that is what is real and natural. Mm -hmm. Anything outside of that, the things that we can't see, touch, feel, explain, is what is called supernatural. And so they, they held these two distinctions apart. Yeah. Uh, the Gnostics in particular, they believed that God created everything, kind of like spun everything into existence, and then kind of like went to lunch. It was kind of like, all right, I'll, I'll let things kind of take care of themselves. Every once in a while, when things are going really bad, I'll intervene into what's going on, and that's when the supernatural comes into the picture, and then I'm, I'm back to lunch, right? So this really separated viewpoint. And um, believe it or not, that has carried very heavily into the way that many of us think in the modern West. We've talked about this before, but isn't it interesting that so often in times of prayer, in times of worship, without even realizing it, we've got our hands up and our heads up, thinking of God as like far off someplace. Like he's, he's far away somewhere. We're almost trying to reach for him rather than being right here with us. Like, that's a big difference in perspective, sure. right? Yeah. Um, this is a, a reason why today a, a lot of modern struggle 
they create a false dichotomy of God versus science. Because if science can explain the physical world, how things are created and how they evolve, well, then God must not have been involved in that. It's a false dichotomy. You don't have to do that. Science actually shows us yeah. the beauty and the wonder and the power of yeah. God as an intelligent designer. And so we, we have to bring these two things together. So dualism caused a lot of issues with understanding this aspect of Scripture because Scripture can't both be divine and human. Right. It has to be one or the other. And so that's in many ways why we've struggled with, with this concept. So what, what do the biblical writers believe? Yeah. How do they see the world? I think that's a great place to, to start. Yeah, and I think that's a really, really important part to get into is <clears throat> when, we, when we go to Scripture, we're talking about His Word. Um, you know, it, it, we actually see this throughout the entire narrative of Scripture where, where the Spirit is using humanity to do its work. Yes. From the beginning. Yeah. So... Go ahead, because well, well, let's explain that. Yeah, well, what's interesting is you turn to page one of the Bible, you're a few verses in, and you see the Spirit hovering over the face of the waters. So um, it's creating this image in the narrative of the Spirit, bringing about order, bringing about peace. But then at the end of that chapter, human beings are created in the narrative, right? right? Created in the image of God. From that point forward in the narrative, when the Holy Spirit is at work, it is through human beings. Yes. So, like, just, just maybe this week, meditate on that a little bit, the, the power of that, what that really means, because it's something we need to be reminded of today, even yeah. as, as Christ followers. I mean, it's, to me, this was very important as we were preparing for this, because <clears throat> once we come to realization that when you go through Scripture and you see him using person after person, human after human, um, to to do supernatural things. He's talking through bushes to human beings, and that human being is now stepping in and doing what a burning bush told him to do. He's holding the staff up over water. He, you know, all these things that are super, thank you, brother, um, <clears throat> supernatural. Um, but, but we try to tease those things apart, but we, when we see it clearly throughout Scripture, where he is doing it from the beginning. Why wouldn't he do the same thing with his word, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we see it with Joseph and the wisdom that's given with Pharaoh. We see it throughout the ministry of Moses. We see it throughout uh, David and his reign. We, of course, see it in Acts 2 in the pouring out of the Spirit. We see it in the gifts that follow and the fruit that follows. The Spirit is at work in and through human beings. The two of those things are interlocked together. So the work of the Spirit is happening through us, not apart from us or in spite of us. It's happening together. That's, that's an important thing to, to remind ourselves of as we approach Scripture. So this brings us to kind of one of the core tenets yeah. of, of how we see Scripture. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Uh, Paul is writing this letter to Timothy, who's his protege. He spent a lot of time with him. Uh, this is towards the end of Paul's life. And he's reminding Timothy of the things that he's been taught. All the wisdom that you've been taught, I want you to hold to this, right? And then he says this in verse 16, all scripture is inspired by God. Uh, many translations say God breathed. 
And this is a core conviction for us in in the Christian faith. The phrase inspired by God, God breathed, in the original language is actually a a compound Greek word, theonoustos. And if you translate that literally, it's actually God-spirited. Something interesting to think about. But here's here's Paul's conviction. What that means is, is that scripture has been led by, guided by, spoken by, protected by, sustained by the very spirit of the living God. And that is a core conviction that we hold. Yes. At the same time, yes. <laughs> the work of the spirit is happening in and through human beings, human experiences, and human history. Yes. And both of those things are true at the same time. Yes. Yes. So um, this, this, was this the case only when we are forming scripture as humanity um, because I think about, we serve a God that's the same, he was the same yesterday, today, forever. Mm-hmm. So is it possible? Does he continue to work through human beings? Yeah, well, that is certainly a, a <laughs> conviction that we hold, right? As Christ followers, that the same spirit that wrote scripture in and through his people, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. Yeah. And we very much hold to that. And I, I think as, as people need to be reminded of that, I think the humanity of Scripture, understanding that it was written by real human beings at, at a real time, real audiences, should inspire us as human beings to know this is what the Spirit's capable of in and through us. That should empower us yeah. and, and encourage us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he can use us to, uh, he can give us a word. He can speak in and through us mm-hmm. to write uh, you know, I, I certainly believe that that God uses human beings today mm-hmm. to write books mm-hmm. that that we read and that we pull from and we draw from and we draw closer to Him. That He's able to use those those writings. Yeah. Um, and clearly, you know, He's He gives word to uh, so many of us that we are to then step into and follow and do, like we talk about so many times and. What's so beautiful is we just, if we look around the room, the things that, that the Holy Spirit has spoken to us, led us to, to step into and do, I'm talking about things that are undeniably God things. You guys, you've, um, you've experienced it, right? Where you did something that you felt prompted to do, you, you felt uneasy to do it, but you did it anyway, and then all of a sudden, you were able to see that as awkward as it was when you did it, you're like, oh, okay, okay, he, he was a part of that. You know, we, we've had amazing testimonies and stories that have taken place in our little community here through us, where the Holy Spirit is inspiring us, working through us, where, you know, you can, you can, you can actually um, not believe in God. You, you, you go from a place of not believing God for decades. And all of a sudden, there's something that's stirring on the inside of you. And you find yourself mowing the grass one day. And you start finding yourself praying to a God that you don't believe in, saying, hey, give me a sign. And then someone in this very room happens to be 
walking through with invitations to church right then and there to say, hey, I want you to, I want you to know about this man named Jesus. Now, I'm sorry, y'all. You cannot convince me that there is something more than just humanity involved in that. That is God working through humanity to impact. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I think this is a really important thing for us to remember as we yeah. go into Scripture. This is a divine word from God, but it's coming about through a human perspective, and we have to understand both of those things. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, now I want to make sure that we also walk it back a little bit, and we make sure that this is very clear that the Bible is powerful. This is the word of God. We do hold this with all reverence. And um, so, you got something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so, 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 yeah. So, like Devin was talking about, the Holy Spirit is at work today. We need to wake up to that. Yeah. He's at work today. And he is using people to, to write things and to do things that I believe we can say are inspired by God in the same way that the written scripture is inspired by God. But, but there are degrees of separation that we have to hold to. The, the, the Bible is uniquely inspired in some really key ways that we, we must understand. Um, the Bible is unique in its historical coverage. The Bible is covering a specific time in history and in real time, it's covering things that were absolutely significant and important for us to understand who God is and what he's up to in his world. I mean, this is the book that tells us about the very life and ministry of Jesus, the one that we call Lord and Savior, the one that we've given everything to follow. It's covering that. That's not something you can replicate. That's not something that you can do over. That's unique. It's unique in its authorship. Sometimes we need to step back and think, we're reading writings that were influenced by the likes of Moses and, and King David and King Solomon and Peter and the Apostle Paul. Like We're reading these. Th How amazing is that? That is so unique. Um, it's unique in its unification. We'll talk about this more next week. But the fact that we have 66 different books written by countless authors and composers and carried through human processes. And the fact that, that it's all unified in who God is and what he's up to, culminating in the work of Jesus, yeah. I mean, there, that's nothing short of astonishing. It's unique in that way. It's unique in its literary history. There is nothing in, in the history of, of mankind, in the history of literature, like the Bible. This was written thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years ago in a completely different time and context and culture and has been carried so securely through history to give us what we have today. Yeah. Sometimes we need to realize how special that is. So I, I just want to be clear um, that, that the Bible is uniquely inspired in, in a lot of different ways. And we very much need to hold to the reverence of that, uh, the reliability of that, the authority of that at the same time. I, I would go back and say that I do believe that we as human beings today can write 
books, can write stories, can write songs, can do works of art that are absolutely inspired by the living God in the same way. And I just want to make sure we understand that. Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, <clears throat> and it, it, that exactly teases out everything that we're talking about. Um, and, you know, I think about Jesus pointed, he certainly pointed back to the Hebrew yeah. scripture mm-hmm. uh, time and time again. Yeah. So our, our Messiah, our Savior, uh, the one we follow, like you said, as uh, he pointed to it, he certainly saw it this way. He certainly believed that it was a, a genuine word from God. Yeah. We can say that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, with, with all that being said, uh, I think we wanted to make sure that we keep that tension in place where I think we felt the need to really stress that humanity is certainly part of this. Well, has been involved in this from beginning to end, yeah. and you can't strip that away. Yeah. And I think that's really important. But but yes. we want to be clear, we're not overcorrecting the other way, right? We, we want to, to be sure that, that you guys understand this is inspired by the very living God. It has been held so securely, sustained so beautifully, yeah. and we want to hold that reverence and the authority in place because that is of equal, maybe even more importance. Well, listen, I mean, this is what changed my life. Yeah. Reading his word. In fact, we had a family night uh, it's a couple years back, but we, we just worked around the room, Thacker chat, and uh, we were at mom and dad's, I mean, I think you posed the question originally. You said, what, what was it for you that you went from like, yeah, uh, I'm living this life to like, I am madly in love with him. I am all in on him. Mm-hmm. That, like, I could not be more in. Yeah. And we went around the room and one each one. one of us, said it was when we got into the word of God and began to study who he is and began to get to know him and relate with him through his word is what radically changed us. That that brought a depth to my relationship with him that I didn't didn't have, I didn't know was possible. I mean, it, it was, this is what changed my life. Yeah. Listen, if, if you genuinely dedicate yourself to reading scripture and understanding scripture and its you know, proper context and all of that, I promise you, you will encounter the divinity held within. I promise you, it will happen. And uh, the, the history of the world is proof. Yes. I mean, the, the Bible has changed countless lives. It's changed the, the, the course of the world and how we see things and understand things. That's how amazingly uniquely inspired these writings are. Yeah, my, my number-driven mind and, you know, statistic-driven, logical mind, um, what I've always loved about uh, his word, or part of it, I should say, is that when his word tells us something that does not align with what culture is telling me and his way works, there's, when everyone, when everyone else around me is trying to tell me this is how to do it, and then this is so countercultural. And then when I do that countercultural thing, I see the divinity in his wisdom, in his word. And it's proven out, like you said. That's, mm-hmm. that's how I've seen some of it proven out yeah, as yeah. well. So this series is called How to Read the Bible. So I just want to be clear as we kind of wrap this up today. Yeah. As we go into reading scripture, 
one of the first things we have to understand and grasp about the biblical paradigm is that it is both human and divine. So we have to hold the tension in place that this, these are genuine human beings writing, composing, compiling, transcribing, translating genuine humans throughout history and, and human processes. But it is a word from God, a divine revelation to us. And if we hold those things in place as we go into reading, it's gonna open up a new world to us. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so this is, this is kind of step one. Yeah. Um, first point going into how to read. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready to get into more of it. So we've got several more weeks to go where we're gonna continue to unveil some things um, that uh, I think is going to really help shape and form us in ways that are really exciting. So continue to be patient. Continue to, to stay open-minded and humble with us as we walk through this together um, because we're, we're, holding, we're doing our best to hold this tension in place. Yeah, and let me reiterate on the sermon notes, uh, if you were able to capture those, at the top, there's a link. If you have any questions, um, any concerns even, what, whatever might be going through your mind and, and you wanna submit those to us, please do that because we want to hear from you guys and understand the process you're going through and, and hopefully be able to answer some of those questions throughout this I wanna series. double down on that. Like I, want, I am going to encourage you, encourage you to please send that in. If you have any questions that we can come together, I think this is a series that we all need to be able to have an outlet, to have a forum, to have an ability to come together and talk through these things. Because sometimes to talk through tension is tough. To talk through nuance is tough. If you don't have an outlet to, to be able to talk through those things, that, that is concerning to us. So I just want to encourage you to please please reach yeah. out to us yeah. if you have any questions or want to talk through that. Yeah, and, and I would add, throughout my study of Scripture, there have probably been, man, maybe three or four different paradigm shifts that I've encountered that are, are really uncomfortable, that, that can, like, can really be jarring in a lot of different ways. And so if you're experiencing that or if, or if you experience that over the coming weeks, I just want you to know that that's okay, okay? Just be patient, trust in God, and, and be open-minded through that, and let's have some open dialogue because that's gonna be necessary. Yeah, I know it's been critically important for you and I to be able to come together and say, hey, dude, I just read this. Like, we need to, do, we need to talk about this. We need to dig into this. So the importance of that, uh, I just wanna stress to everyone in the room, yep. like, that's critically important. Yep. Can you pray for us? Yeah, let's pray. If you would, just stand with me. Heavenly Father, we, we love you so much. I love you so much. Man, you're just beyond what I can fathom, what I can imagine. You're so good. You're so faithful. You're so wise. Like even in the tough times of life, I just, I know that, that you're sharpening and you're doing something through that to, to equip me. And I just, I trust in you so much. I pray that you would just um, surround us with your presence, 
surround us uh, with courage, surround us with, with joy through this process. I know that we're, we're, we're talking about and touching on some really significant things. I mean, some, some important topics that we need to talk through and we need to work through. And I'm just asking that you would take us by the hand, each one of us, through that process of whatever we're going through, whatever's going through our hearts and our minds through this, that, that you would hold on to us and, and bring us through that the exact way that we need. And I, I just pray that you would help each one of us to trust in you throughout that process and to also lean on one another like to have some real vulnerable conversations that are going to be necessary. Help us to, to, to have the open doors to be able to do that because we believe that you're up to something special. Amen. We believe that your kingdom is, is coming to earth in and through us right here and now. There's no time to waste. We, we are absolutely at the forefront of what you're gonna do in and through and around us. We, we can feel it. We can see it. We can taste it. We know that it, it, it's here. And so I just pray that you would continue to equip us, prepare us for that, give us the boldness, give us the encouragement, give us the unity that is necessary, that is absolutely essential to see those things come to pass. So everything that we are, everything that we have, God, we lay it at your feet. We trust in you, in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said,